It's time to stop wearing underwear that doesn't make you feel confident, Corinne. Well, I'm glad you told me that because I wouldn't have thought that without you. You're welcome. Tomboy X is underwear that's made to fit you and how you see yourself. They have bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, trunks and boy shorts, soft bras, racerback bras, and they have it in everyday basic colors, fun seasonal prints, and brilliant colors, and then all options come in excess to 4X. I copied you and ordered the same exact thing <laughs> that you did, which was one of their soft bras. Yes, I got the striped soft bra. I was like, oh, what did Sabrina get? And then I saw it and I was like, this is cute. And they're unreal comfortable. You know what? It's underwear and undergarments that just get you and give you a nice hug to make you get through the day. They have some bralette style ones, and those are the ones that I really want to try next. And regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that any body feels comfortable in. And I would recommend everyone just go to their website because they have such a great representation of what normal, ordinary people are, and everyone fits in their genre of model. And I just think that that's so special. Yep. So just go to tomboyx.com slash T-G-O-G and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. And... Two Girls, One Ghost listeners get an extra 15% off with the code TGOG. Again, code TGOG for an extra 15% off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Go to TomboyX.com slash TGOG. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? This is Two Girls, One Ghost. And this episode of Two Girls, One Ghost is sponsored by Tomboy X, Pretty Litter, RX Bar, and Hair Story. And we are your lovely ghostesses, hostesses on your journey to the paranormal world. That is Corinne. And I'm Sabrina. There we go. There we go. Um, what's up? What's new? Oh, well, I'm recording in my guest bedroom today. Which I know is this is different. Our office and I'm drinking out of this wonderful glass that Nikki gave oh us my gosh, at the live show. Oh my gosh, you're truly drinking. You're bit. drinking wine. Binks is my boo. Hey, we used to record it in the morning and now it's evening. I had a long day of work. I need to relax. Did you get that glass from one of our listeners at yeah, the Outliers Nikki. Podcast Festival? She gave me a Hocus Pocus one too. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, so great. Thank you. Thank you. What's new of you? Of With you? Of you? In you? Um, what is happening? Well, I don't know. We're both losing our minds. I, I truly think I am losing my mind because, well, we just had a little mishap before recording where... I just forgot everything. And then <laughs> earlier today at work, I got lost coming out of the bathroom. Oh, my gosh. Right? Wait, how does how that happen? How did that happen? I know. I was walking down all the wrong ways of the hall, and I was like, I have done this so many times. How could I possibly? At first, I was like, you just started, so maybe that's an excuse, but you kind of started a while ago. And I pee like seven times a day. You should know how to get back in the bathroom. Right. So I was kind of confused, a little turned around. <sighs> and I was like, oh, I really hope it's just stress and me being tired and that I actually do know how to get out of the bathroom. Like I got out of the bathroom, but I just couldn't get back to the main lobby. Okay. Well, as long as you didn't get lost in the bathroom. Right. I didn't. I knew where the door to exit the bathroom was. I'm really happy for you. That's a great accomplishment. I'm so yeah. proud. 
So we uh, celebrate the little things here at Two Girls <laughs> One Cup. Girl Korean, you can do it. <laughs> you can leave the bathroom. <laughs> That's how it's going for me. When I was researching this morning, I was in the bathroom and it was like 6 a.m. because I went into the office early to do it. And just a teaser, we're doing dark demonic entities and packs with demons for our episode today. And going into the bathroom was probably the most horrifying thing I've done in a long time because I was sure that I was going to conjure a demon out of the toilet. That's the thing with one of these episodes. Like when you do these darker spirits, darker entities, there's some sort of nervousness that comes Mm -hmm. with researching these things or talking about these things. And it makes you think that just thinking about them is going to summon them to you. And now talking about them is just going to be, what's that going to do? This is great. We're doing well. We're doing fine. Join us. Join us. But before you join us, why don't we talk Halloween costumes and movies? Yes, let's do it. Who's first this week? This is just for the month of October. If you are a new listener who is joining us for the month of October, we are giving suggestions of um, movies to watch and costumes to dress up as and help you out. You, I think, are first, right? I don't know. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Okay, I'll go. I call this one, I'll get you my pretty and your little dog too. (laughs) And it's not. It has nothing to do with Wizard of Oz. It's because I thought of a costume that includes your dog or cat, whatever you want to do. Or bunny. I don't know what pet you have. Probably not a lizard. Sorry, Caitlin. Um. <laughs> Our friend Caitlin owns a lizard and it's weird. I mean, Carol's kind of cute, but whatever. So this is the Little Red Riding Hood and the wolf. So you dress up as Little Red Riding Hood and then you dress your dog, pet, whatever, lizard. I won't judge. I am secretly judging, but, you know, do it as the granny, but, like, the wolf in disguise. Oh. Oh, that's so cute. I oh, I want a dog. <laughs> that's adorable, Sabrina. You really – I'm proud of you for including a dog in your I know. category. I, I thought you would be proud of me. I super am. I'm very impressed. I thought you were, like, and then get a cat and then pretend the cat's a dog that's in disguise. <laughs> No, don't you know what's do a that. Good costume is cat dog, and it's a couple's costume. Two of our friends did it in college, and they like stayed attached to each other all night. Yeah, such a good costume. Okay, what'd you pick? This one is kind of a punny one, and it's very twenty first century. Ooh. Well, you can do it in a variety of ways, but basically, the costume is glued to your phone, so you can glue phones all over you, or you can be glue and just Ooh. have your phone in your hand all night, but you're glued to your phone. I love it. You're a millennial. I love puns. I also have a really fun birthday party idea for you. And actually, my brother Christian came up with it because he wants to do this for himself. Basically, it's a party. You should do a birthday party where everyone dresses up as a pun. (gasps) A different pun. I love it. Sign me up. I already have a bunch of ideas. Love it. Okay, what's your second one? I call this one, The Darkness I Know Well. (laughs) Uh, I named it after my favorite Spring Awakening song. Uh, it is a shadow person. So oh, great. instead of being a ghost where you don't show up to a party, this time you show up, but no one can see you because you're blending into the darkness and the shadows. Basically, you wear one of those like uni- suits. I don't know what they're called, like the spandex suits that are all black. Mm-hmm. And you could either attach to someone and be their shadow and do like the theater game where you mimic every movement that they do, which would be fun. Or you just lurk in corners and stare at people. Also fun. 
Or <laughs> if you want to involve your child, have them dress up as Peter Pan and then you're their shadow. That's adorable. I love the Peter Pan version. You don't like the creepy staring in the in the corners? No, I don't. And it actually reminds me, the Peter Pan version of The Shadow reminds me of a children's book that I read when I was younger. Don't remember the name, but it's the ballerina and her shadow. Do you remember that one? Is it Thumbelina? Or is no, that no, no. No, that's different. This girl, like, or someone goes to the shadow store and you get to buy your own shadow and she buys what? like a shadow of a ballerina. Something, I don't know. Who knows? You know? Someone will tell us. Someone knows. Something happened sometime back in the day and that's what I'm remembering now or lack of remembering. There's a theme today. Here is one. It's another punny one. Okay. I guess I'm doing punny this week. This one I've actually done and it was done by me because I found out that I was going to a Halloween party about... 30 minutes before going to the <laughs> Halloween party. So this is like super makeshift, super last minute. Uh-huh. You take a t-shirt and you just cut holes in it to look like ribs. It's like just do like little cuts so uh-huh. that it hangs open and it looks like a skeleton. It's just a white t-shirt. And then you put on mouse ears and do like little whiskers and a nose. And then you're a dead mouse. Oh, I right? like it. I will warn you, no one knew who I was. <laughs> But that's okay. But only you need to know who you are. Yeah. If it's punny, like, it's the other person's fault if they can't figure it out. They need to spend more time on the internet. Yes. Oh, my God. My friend did. Did I tell you this? My friend in my book club did shrimp on a Barbie. And she <gasps> wore all pink like a Barbie doll and then oh, had little shrimp good. toys on her. <laughs> that's funny. Mm-hmm. But she also said that no one understood what she was. Yeah, that's okay. That's understandable. Yeah. What movie did you pick? I went with a classic this week because it was playing on 31 Nights of Halloween on Freeform, which, by the way, forgot the ABC family changed their name to Freeform <laughs> and spent 30 minutes yesterday looking for the channel. Oh. I had to Google it, and someone was like, it's Freeform now. I was like, the Adams Family. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I went on a 45-second rant to tell you the Adams Family. <laughs> Love the Adams Family. I was almost going to do that, actually, as a costume recommendation for a whole family one. <gasps> That's a good one. Especially, what what's the guy that, like, is all hair? The blonde hair. It's like the uncle. I don't know his name. I love the hand. Oh, the hand. Oh, that's a good one. You could wear a black bodysuit. And just leave your hand out? Just leave an exposed hand. What movie are you watching? I chose It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. <gasps> oh, my God. My heart is full. Any Charlie Brown movie is just so... The nostalgia alone gets me hooked. I know. It just really brings me back to childhood. And it brings our parents back to childhood. It's like one of those generational... It just spans generations. Yeah. I love it. So great. Well, that was an awesome suggestion. You too, Corinne. Thanks. (laughs) Oh, wait. We have business. One little business thing to say. Okay. So we have gotten so many emails in the past few months and it's getting to a point where we are having trouble keeping up i don't know if trouble is the right word (laughs) we're just drowning which is such a good thing because we want to read them all and there are so many good stories coming in but we are at the point where we cannot personally respond to every single one yeah we're going to try and we're going to respond to all of them up until Uh, This episode comes out. So October 14th. Yes. So we will get to all of the ones that were sent in before October 14th with like actually responding personally to them. And then all of the ones that we read on the podcast that we choose to read 
we will respond to. You know that yes, it that has been read. And as a note, like you can still email us after this and we will absolutely consider them and read them for Oh my gosh, please. Yeah, we want more emails. It's not that. It's just that we can't take the time to respond to all of them. And uh, if ever we have like moments free though, we will try to. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like never going to happen. It's just we can't be consistent about it. Yeah, and I'm just gonna say we have we both have full time jobs, we both have personal projects going on, so it's it's hard. And this is something that we care about you guys, so we want to interact with you, but it's just becoming difficult to respond to every email. And then we are also going to be adding a new every week starting 2019. We're going to do an encounters episode, so that means more of your emails will be read. Yes, and more time spent listening to the podcast, Yay, more content, two episodes a week. Woohoo! Oh my gosh, Leia's here. Did she finally step away from her pretty letter that she's so addicted to, I'm sure? she's so addicted to it. Let (laughs) me tell you how addicted Leia is to pretty litter. So much so that she goes to the bathroom multiple times a day. Pretty litter is kitty litter 2.0. It's shipped right to Sabrina's door, your door, any cat person's door, in a small lightweight bag that lasts the entire month. So there's no more running to the pet store or storing heavy open bags of cat litter in anyone's closet, your closet, my closet, not yours, Corinne, but listeners. And Pretty Litter has next level odor protection. It uses super absorbent crystals that actually trap and conceal odor and moisture. No smell, no mess. Forget about that dirty clay or compost that's just completely gross to clean up and ugly for guests to see. And the best part is that it actually monitors your cat's health. I know Leia's healthy because Pretty Litter tells me that she's healthy by the color. And it helps you catch any warning signs of your cat's poor health. If it changes to a different color, you know to take them to the vet. So this can pretty much save you money, stress, and honestly, your cat's life. Do what Sabrina did and make the switch to Pretty Litter today by visiting prettylitter.com and use promo code TGOG for 20% off of your first order, Leia. That's prettylitter.com, promo code TGOG for 20% off. prettylitter.com, promo code TGOG. been a is while that, since is that you no that was me <laughs> I, I didn't have the video up and so i was meowing back at you <laughs> i thought it was leia it's been a while since leia's been on the podcast it has this is our new cameo because normally you record while you're at work yeah and now i'm at home in leia's bedroom so when my roommate moved out we actually made this leia's bedroom and <laughs> she has That's a queen sweet. bed <laughs> so sweet <laughs> she's got a cute it. little headboard some white it's pillows really cute. love her um okay wait so this week's topic was picked by another patreon donor sim and he chose demons demons and packs types with of demons. yeah types of demons packs with demons just demon demon everywhere demons are just like us demons are a girl's best friend i don't know who's first and doesn't matter i think I am. I think it's whenever whoever's editing is first. Wow, that's um I'm just I'm just gonna recline. Back, relax. Pull my feet up. Relax. <laughs> okay. So I chose a specific demon. And I'm just gonna say, as I like as a warning, we are gonna be talking about demons, so beware. But also, can we all agree right now? 
that we're not going to sell our souls to the demons because I just, when I was doing research for this, I was so overwhelmed by how many people attempt to sell their soul to the demon, to a demon, to demons, multiple. It just Satan, the devil, whatever. It was overwhelming. I was like, people are nuts. I mean, like, Jay-Z, Beyonce, Illuminati, Katy Perry. So, like, all I ask is that we, instead of making a pact with the demon, make a pact with us and don't sell your soul to the demons. And we'll just tell you to try your best. (laughs) Yeah. You can do it. You can succeed without a demon. (laughs) Because also, like, truly, if a demon takes – if you make a pact with a demon, you're basically giving them your soul. And then it's not really you doing it. It's the demon. And then I also – in my research, notice that people, plenty of people forget that a pact with the demon or a pact with the devil, with Satan, you're exchanging something for something else. So it's like you're exchanging your soul for success. But most people forget that a timeline is often not associated with it. It's like, I want to be famous. Well, for how long? Right. Maybe only a year. One minute. So just be careful and maybe don't, is what we're saying. Maybe definitely don't. Anyway, I chose to discuss the demon Beelzebub. 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 Wait, shit. Say it it one more time. Beelzebub. Okay, good. Because you're not supposed to say demonic Oh, three times? Three times. Yeah. Okay. Woo. Okay. Thank God we're safe now. (laughs) Oh, man. As if all my research and the future talking (laughs) about it is not going (laughs) to. We're going to have to do a count and make sure that it doesn't end on like a duplicate of three. All right. You want to keep tally? I'll do a count. I'll do it. Yeah. Okay. Let me pull up my little notes. I know you love math, but. (sighs) Okay. Well, one, two, three, four. Okay. Okay. So we actually referenced this demon in the episode that we talked about the demon house because he was believed to be the demon possessing and affecting that family. And he is known as the Lord of the Flies. And if you think about it, if you say his name enough times, it kind of sounds like the sound of a fly. Oh. Doesn't it? I'm tempted to test it right now, but I also don't want to say his name a bunch. Just say it even in in your head if you like think about it for a little. I don't want to. Or maybe it's just that I'm possessed by him. (laughs) And now I'm going to tell you my story. I hope you enjoy it. Corinne. <laughs> Sabrina's eyes turn black and her mouth opens wider than natural. Ah! Sabrina! Oh my god, that was scary. I didn't think you were actually going to do anything. <laughs> Are you surprised by me doing something scary? I'm surprised at how good our connection is because I'm real time <laughs> reacting. Okay, so his name is derived from a Philistine god named Ekron and then was later adopted as a major demon so already he was thought of as a god and then later thought of as as a demon which makes sense because demons we know we've talked about it are actually they like lure you in they think that they make you think that they're good and they're gonna be helpful and great and then all of a sudden they steal your soul and it's like oh shit you're a demon he is associated also with the canaanite god baal and sometimes his name is another name for the devil aka satan so there are varying stories i think it depends on what your religious beliefs or backgrounds are and then there are so many different theories whether it's demonology christianity all these things so it's a little complicated and there are multiple stories about who he is but in demonology he is known as one of the seven princes of hell and the seven are Lucifer, who is the demon of pride, 
Mammon, which is the demon of greed. Asmodus, which is the demon of lust. Leviathan, the demon of envy. Beelzebub, demon of gluttony. Satan, the demon of wrath. And Belphegor, which is the demon of sloth. You know, I just learned something new because I always thought that Satan was like the leader of the pack. Right. I didn't realize that he was categorized almost like within the same plane as others. Right. So it depends on what you believe. Yes, some people think he's the like father of hell. And I think that's how it originated. And I'll kind of get to one of the stories about my dude, demon dude, and kind of the background of it because it's like an evolution similar to how like the greek gods have an evolution of their stories and how they came to where they are they like how you called them demon dude (laughs) that should be the episode title demon dudes (laughs) i'm trying to avoid saying his name in many ways (laughs) my demon dude (laughs) oh god so, yes, demons are very complicated, and there are a lot of different ways to classify them, but let's just go along with the theory that they're fallen angels and understood based on the sin in which they are able to tempt people. So, for my guy, he is the demon of gluttony. Gluttony. <laughs> gluttony, Sabrina. Fuck, gluttony. <laughs> I think I said it twice, he, too. He eats all the gluten. Curses people with gluten allergies. You get a gluten allergy. You get a gluten allergy. (laughs) This is how you know I've been in LA for too long. (laughs) It's killing me. All right. Well, I'm done. I'm tapping. (laughs) Take me over. Uh, You're going to develop a gluten allergy. Don't say his name too many times. Okay. Okay. He something something gluttony. Gluttony. Not gluttony. <laughs> so who is Beelzebub? Is he just misunderstood? He is complicated and um, he was first viewed as a god. The reason being that he drove away the flies. It's complicated, but basically when they thought people were possessed. His they Facebook would... relationship, is it's complicated. I truly, when I was writing this, I was like, I feel like I'm writing a dating profile for Beelzebub. Literally. Beelzebub's. <laughs> relationship status it's beelzebub and humankind it's complicated and allergic to gluten <laughs> gluten support group he's part of oh, the gluten that's his group. <laughs> he leads it oh he's an admin oh and he just wants friends so he makes everyone else allergic to gluten so that other people join his group you know we really shouldn't be joking about this because i don't want to lighten up the dangers of demons but it's also really fun but also, we should probably make light of it so we're not too serious and get possessed. Right. Let the light in. Right. So the reason that people thought he was a god is that he actually, when other people were possessed, they would say in his name, like they would kind of exercise people with it with using his name, and then those people would become free of the demons. So he like drove away the flies, as they called it. Okay. But I feel like it's probably for selfish reasons. Like maybe he's like, get out of there so I can get in, you know? So he's known to possess people himself, and according to the 16th century occultist Johann Weyer, Beelzebub led a successful revolt against Satan by delivering Adam and other pre-Christian, otherwise unbaptized, unbaptized saints in prison from hell to heaven on behalf of Jesus. So basically, he worked with Jesus in order to deliver people who were unbaptized to heaven. 
And Satan was obviously pissed. Jesus was happy. And Jesus made Beelzebub the supreme chieftain of hell, ranking him above Satan. Okay. So that would be one of the stories why. Wait, why would they do that? Because I think, I, I don't know. I'm not Jesus or God. So someone give me the answers. I'll save these questions for when I go to heaven and ask God himself. But I think it's like, Okay, let's make a deal. I'll give you the keys to hell and you cooperate with me. Okay. Okay. Deal with the devil. I understand. So Jesus made the original deal with the devil. I think so. But then there's also another theory. And maybe they go together. And maybe this story actually happens before Jesus and Beelzebub work together. But apparently when Satan first rebelled, he recruited followers and these were the first fallen angels. So it was Beelzebub, Lucifer, and Leviathan. And they fought at Satan's side. And once Satan took residence in hell, Beelzebub learned to tempt men with pride. So he basically, Satan rewarded rewarded him with his like right-hand man position. And they became best friends forever until Beelzebub betrayed him. And so when in hell, Beelzebub learned to tempt people with pride, and he also had command over diseases. And this is where his appearing as a fly comes in, because he would appear as a fly and command other flies. So if they were congregating over a dead body that had a disease, he could send the flies to living bodies and transmit that disease. Oh, God. Yeah. Also, he's believed to be the god of storms or the demon of storms and can control rain and air he's also the god of he's also the god of entomance entomancy which is the method of divination by interpreting the behavior of insects so the similar thing that i said with flies and he's also a master of astrology and zodiac again this is so interesting because i literally just listened to the ologies episodes episode on ants oh really yes the guy was like ants are stupid they're only smart in packs and they only do stuff when like triggered basically they're only they're only smart in terms of how their colony functions but individually they're stupid but they're really strong so that makes up for it it's like zach baggins (laughs) don't say that about my boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) sorry to insult you (laughs) it's okay i have thick skin i don't know about zach though we talk about him so much okay Equally as disturbing as all of the people who were like, were praising Bebub, the dude, Bebubs, Bebebs. So he, so yeah, so not only are people like praising him online, but people are also telling you how to summon him. And I'm not going to tell you how because it's only going to bring you pain and suffering. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, something came out of me there. <laughs> what was it? A tickle it? in the back of your throat. <laughs> I had a fly in the back of my throat. Weird. How'd that get there? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but he, more to the dating profile, what does he look like? He will most likely appear as a fly, but he does have a physical representation as well. And this representation is very complicated. It's just very in-depth, very detailed. So as a monarch of hell, he is a large figure with a swollen chest, a bloated face, flashing eyes, and raised eyebrows. He has a menacing aura, and and he sits on a throne surrounded by fire. He is black as moor with large nostrils and two horns on his head and has two bat-like wings attached to his shoulders. He has two duck feet, a lion's tail, and is covered head to foot in shaggy fur. And he has a raspy voice. Well, he's got he a and lot I have on. one thing in common. We both have bloated faces. <laughs> oh That's God. all I took away from that description. <laughs> 
I thought you were going to say flashing eyes. Oh, well, that was very nice of you. Oh, not in the way that you're doing it. Now I take that as an insult. I was trying to look beautiful. (laughs) It just didn't translate through the screen. It was a lot of darting eye movement. (laughs) Okay. Interesting that he has duck feet, I have to say, because that doesn't seem very menacing, right? Isn't that kind of like... But that means he can swim in water. Oh, true. Also, I read a lot. There was there are a lot of websites that had his like astrological studies and his personal characteristics, like his zodiac position, and he has his plant. He's connected to the plant, the fern, like the fern plant, and the sun is his planet. Iron and gold are his metals. His element is fire, and he's a day demon and rules over sixty six legions of spirits, which of course sixty six, and. I don't know what day demon means. Like, are there night demons? I don't know. I don't know. But maybe he sleeps at night just like us. I'd, yeah, I'm really trying to figure out what a day demon must mean. He only possesses you during the day. Or maybe the day doesn't take away from his strength, you know? Ooh. He does Well, because the sun, the sun is his planet, so it would give him power. True. Um, His candle color is black. Say you found yourself in a position where you have either purposefully, which don't, or accidentally summoned and then gotten possessed by Beelzebub. What can you, your family, friends, etc., do to exercise him out of you? It's actually very difficult and you should probably call, 100% call a professional, but there are some things that I read that can help. And since he is closely related and linked with blood and sacrifice and the flies are attracted to him, it's sometimes necessary to utilize another sacrifice to free yourself or your loved one from his possession. And so many priests have actually had experiences exercising this demon from innocent people. And in doing that, they will bring a, it's sad, they'll bring a live chicken into the room to provide another entity or body for Beelzebub to possess, therefore freeing the person. And then a lot of priests who have been in this situation have claimed that this demon will engage in philosophical debates, taunting them and trying to manipulate them out of exercising them. So basically, when you're trying to save someone's soul, these this demon is making you question everything you believe and getting into your head and like can read your mind and know your deepest beliefs and can challenge them, which is just, it's psychological warfare. That's really terrifying. Yeah. How do you ensure that you are you and you're making the decision that you want to make and you're... Ah, I don't like it. But th- isn't that the question of everyday life? Am I making these decisions or have they already pre-planned? I think, I think, well, that could explain how I didn't know how to get out of the bathroom. Because someone Maybe else someone forgot didn't want you to get out of the Erased bathroom. the code for that. <laughs> someone left your computer terminal empty and was like, oh shit, I have to go back. They cut and they forgot to paste. They're like, didn't predict that she was going to go to the bathroom (laughs) again. And there are actual exorcisms and possession cases documented of Beelzebub possessing people. And the very famous, and I think we may have mentioned this one on the podcast, is Anna Euclid. It was one of the first and most well-documented possession accounts in America. And Briefly, I'll tell you the background of it. She was born and raised in a Catholic home in Marathon, Wisconsin, and began exhibiting signs of possession at an early age. She demonstrated revulsion of holy objects and had disturbed thoughts and was unable to enter churches. And then she began to take part in unspeakable sexual acts, which I didn't really find too much on it. 
But their family was so worried about her that eventually they kept going to medical professionals and they could not diagnose her. There was no medical explanation for what was going on to her. So they eventually sought help from the church. And her very first exorcism was performed by a priest on June 28th of 1912. But it didn't work. And then her next exorcism didn't take place for another 26 years when at this point she was now possessed by numerous demons and spirits. And this second set of exorcisms lasted, it was three sessions spread out over 23 days. And during those sessions, it was apparent that Anna was possessed by at least four distinct powerful entities. And one of them was Beelzebub and had introduced himself to the priests in the room and tried to engage the exorcist in these philosophical debates and mind games. So basically, I was going to say, I I feel like I've heard of him coming forth multiple times before. I feel like he's kind of chatty. Yes. And he actually, I think you discussed uh, Annalise. Michelle Michael. I don't remember how to say her name. The possession case of Annalise. And he was one of the demons also in that case. So. Okay. That must be where I'm drawing those parallels. And the stories are kind of similar just in terms of like how extreme the possessions were and the and how long the process of ta- of exercising the demons out of these girls took and finally for anna on december 23rd the final day of the exorcism the priest commanded the demons in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit and the blessed virgin mary to depart to hell and during this prayer that he was saying the room filled with strange smells and flies started to surround anna which is a sign of Beelzebub's presence. And in that moment, Anna collapsed on her bed and started shaking and shrieking. And she said the four names, Beelzebub, Judas, Jacob, Mina, collapsed and like sucked in all this air and then opened her eyes in her own voice and spoke, my Jesus mercy, praise be Jesus Christ. So apparently it's believed that this exorcism actually helped and saved Anna's life. But throughout her life, she did have a few other more minor possessions and it was believed that her own father had cursed her with the help of his lover who was her aunt because why her wouldn't you curse your wife if you're sleeping with the aunt like get rid of my wife this is the i mean this is disturbing but apparently her own father and her own aunt tried to engage her in an incestuous relationship and she denied them oh and so they cursed her forget Poor, what's her face? What's her face? Anna. Forget possessing Anna. Those demons should possess the father and the aunt, if that's the case. Like, they're already rotten people. Wouldn't be hard to get their souls. Right. It's really effed up. But there are also many, many cases of Beelzebub possessing people. And he's believed to have actually had a massive influence on Salem, Massachusetts during the Salem witch trials. And apparently his name came up repeatedly repeatedly during the trials and reverend cotton mather actually wrote a pamphlet after the trials entitled of beelzebub and his plot so he was blamed for inspiring the witchcraft that was supposedly taking hold of the town but it's hard to tell we weren't there and all we know that it was just a horrible massacre of innocent people right and from our time in salem sabrina when we went to all of the memorials Mm -hmm. and the museums and learned a lot about it it also sounds like people were just kind of crazy and bored. Yeah. They were bored. They were deprived of regular activity and fun and sensory pleasures. 
And so they went a little bit mad and it was just very easy to point the finger. So whether that was something that Beelzebub contributed to and preyed upon or it was just all of these wild minds running rampant. We don't know. It's hard. It's hard to know. It was regardless is an awful situation. Beelzebub is an awful, awful demon. And there are lots of chances actually of being possessed by him, whether you summon him or not. He's actually known to be in certain re- regions abroad. And if you move into a home that had previously been owned by someone who either summoned or was possessed by Beelzebub, you have a high chance of being possessed by him. Oh, what? Yes. So always do a lot of research on the home you're buying. And I mean, if you how do could show, you even know? How do you know? Yeah. Like, what if I got possessed? And then I was like, I'm leaving that house. I'm never going back again. And I just move out and I sell my house. Then. And I don't tell anyone. Make sure you get a big cleansing from the church before you move. Or after you move, before you sell. Or we should change the law and make everyone have to report any hauntings in their home before selling it. That should, is that not a law? I figured it would be. If you do fo- show any of these following symptoms, I'm going to do like a medical read real quick. Please call professional help, your priest, or an exorcist. If you have reddened eyes with a glazed, fixed look and a change in voice, a tendency to use foul language and eat like a gluten, <laughs> eat gluten, <laughs> the presence of flies and overall negative change in behavior. These are symptoms of being possessed Beelzebub. It's like so, saying... It's like saying Beetlejuice. You say it different every time. Like, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Yep. It's like you say it too many times. <gasps> you said it, it three times. It. Ah, Beetlejuice. Fourth time. Nice. Honestly, I'd love if Beetlejuice showed up. Like, what's he going to do? Shrink me? Um, To end it on a lighter note, there is a Japanese series called Beelzebub, and it's actually, it's the series follows a high school delinquent, Tatsumi Oga, who is forced to raise Beelzebub, the son of the devil king, who is sent to earth to destroy humanity. So if you want to enjoy a good demon show, there you go. Jeez. Um, I mean, I was always nervous about him. I don't want to say his name any more times because I, I tried to do like a little marker for how many times between the two of us we said it. And I, I kind of lost track. So who knows if I got it right. But I have 30, the, 30 yeah. strikes. I mean, this is why I did not include the, the, the ways to summon him. Because even just reading the ways to summon him, I was like, <gasps> And why would you read them? Because that's you summoning him, basically. Oh, shit. Good thing I didn't do it. Right. I mean, unless there are some steps, like light a candle and tickle your butt with a feather. I don't know. Yeah, you need to, like, have a pentagram and have specific candles and all that stuff. And you're supposed to, like, sacrifice your blood and, you know. I basically just told you how. (laughs) After you said you wouldn't. Shit. I also didn't know that uh, he was allergic to gluten. You know, me neither until I started talking about it. It's great for him because he gets to eat RX bars. RX bar wants to build things the right way. RX bar believes in the power of transparency and lets the core ingredients do all the talking with all of them listed on the front of the packaging. You'll likely recognize an RX bar at shelf. They're the ones that have egg whites for protein, dates to bind, nuts for texture, and other delicious ingredients like unsweetened chocolate, real fruit, and spices like sea salt or cinnamon. Because it turns out real food ingredients actually taste good, and RX bars are gluten-free, soy-free, and dairy-free. Perfect for certain demons, we know. And whether you like sweet or savory chocolate or fruit flavors, there's definitely an RX bar for you. There's no artificial colors, artificial flavors, preservatives, or fillers. They're great for a number of occasions. Breakfast on the go, snack at the office to push you through your 3 p.m. slump, or when you're lost in the bathroom and don't know how to get out. (laughs) You can throw it in the bag for the plane. You put it right in the center of your 
pentagram. Egg white protein stands out as the source of protein that is easy for your body to absorb, and RX bars come in 14 delicious flavor varieties. There's mango, pineapple, chocolate, hazelnut, peanut butter, and berries, chocolate, sea salt, coconut, chocolate, mixed berry, blueberry, maple, sea salt, apple, cinnamon, mint, chocolate, chocolate chip, peanut butter, peanut butter, chocolate, and coffee, chocolate, and seasonal flavors too. My favorite right now is the maple sea salt. It is so good and just makes me want to be in cozy clothes. It's just delicious. I'm a creature of habit, so I keep going back to my same old coconut chocolate. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com forward slash TGOG and enter promo code TGOG at checkout. Again, for 25% off of your first order, visit rxbar.com forward slash TGOG and enter promo code TGOG at checkout. Okay, I did, if I could make a subject line that is deal with the devil, asterisk, lighthearted, this would be it. Oh, wait, that's great. It's, (laughs) there's no possession, there's no exorcisms, but there's a lot of questioning, a lot of how did that happen? So this is a happy ending with a demon pact. Maybe. Sure. <laughs> okay. We'll decide when we get to the end. All right. This we'll take is a poll. Robert Johnson's deal with the devil. Robert Johnson, if anyone knows guitar really well, has studied guitar, enjoys blues music, and wait, is it blues? Oh my God. <laughs> my mind. Yes, blues music. <laughs> you might recognize Robert Johnson's name. He's one- considered one of the best guitarists in the world. And Rolling Stones listed him as number five on their top 100 greatest guitarists of all time. Damn. People loved this guy. They loved his music. His music was super revered and it was copied by many other blues artists at the time. And people pretty much essentially called him the god of blues. Wow. He was thought of like the father of blues, the god of blues. You know, he was credited with a lot. That's... Wow. I mean, to be called a god. Which is ironic because many people believe that he achieved this success by selling his soul to the devil. What better win for the devil to make someone be called a god? Right. And then it's almost like mocking. Yeah. Like, look what I can do. God himself. It's like, oh, you're a god? Well, now so am I. Yeah. And this is only one single part of me, one person that I've affected, blah, 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 blah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so, well, okay, let's venture back in time, learn how Robert Johnson found his way into this sort of relationship. Great. Robert was born in Mississippi back in 1911, and at 18 years old, he got married, but his wife, who was 16 at the time, died in childbirth. <gasps> Super awful. Oh, and many no. people speculated that this was punishment to Robert Johnson for singing secular songs. So he, the popular thing was to sing like religious songs back in the day, but he was, he was singing these like non-religious blues music type of stuff. He always really wanted to be a a blues singer and a musician and singing non-religious music was pretty unpopular and it was kind of considered a form of selling your soul to the devil. Right. So it was like, you better sing about Jesus or you better get out. God, what would they think about people today? Oh my God. Like Nicki Minaj. that ass up. <laughs> like all those songs. Lick, 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 lollipop. Oh my God, we'd all go to hell. <laughs> my neck, my back, my. <laughs> oh my God, I used to sing that every morning to Caitlin. <laughs> every and morning? She would hate me. Allie and I would sing it to Caitlin and she <laughs> would 
Or maybe Caitlin and I would sing it to Allie. I don't remember. After his wife died, he then was like, okay, now is pretty much my opportunity to just, you know, maybe I wasn't supposed to be this family man. Maybe I wasn't supposed to um, settle down in one location. I can finally, not that his wife was pulling him back from this, but like, you know, he was like, okay, this is my time to pursue music and try to be a blues musician. And he was probably so devastated that it's like, I don't want to go through that pain again of losing my family. Right. And then a lot of musicians go through hard times and that's inspiration for their music. And so this was a good opportunity. No, nope, that makes it sound like it's good to lose someone. You you know what I'm saying? Yes, I know exactly what you're saying. Like, I think artists in general like have are able to put their past into beautiful pieces of art. Right. So that's what he wanted to do. And Robert Johnson had played guitar his entire life. He so badly wanted to be a blues musician. And he was pretty decent at harmonica. But when it came to his guitar skills, he was subpar. Like actually so below subpar. He was just straight up horrible at guitar. Oh, And so bad that people were like literally begging each other to get rid of his guitar. And they said that his guitar playing drove people mad. So he was just like not good. If you keep trying, you might do you might succeed. If you don't what's what's why can't I say this? If at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again. There you go. Yeah, well he was trying, but everyone was wishing he wouldn't. And so he just like wasn't doing too hot in his town and his teachers were like, Oh, poor little rubber he's just not getting it and so robert was like okay you know what i get i get that all of y'all don't believe in me so i best be getting out and so then he left and he wanted again to just still be a blues player he never lost that dream although everyone in the town was like yes suck he was like no i'm gonna be great and so he he moved on and then supposedly he went to uh, study under this guy named isaiah zimmerman and isaiah zimmerman was this man who i supposedly learned how to play guitar by visiting cemeteries at night and learning from the spirits it's like some um down a dark hall kind of stuff oh my gosh that's exactly what i thought of when i read that i was like okay yes yes (laughs) so this guy was like kind of sketchy sounding but robert was like cool he sounds reputable so he plans to go study with him And Robert is walking down the street one day and he's, well, it's nighttime and he's really mopey and he just went walking off. He often was like inside his own head and would just venture off on little walks. His friends said that this happened like throughout his entire life. Uh, And he walked off with his guitar and he came across these crossroads at the Mississippi Delta. And he'd never seen these crossroads before. And it was here that he met a large, dark figure who offered to teach him how to master the guitar that's not sketchy at all right it's like when a stranger found hagrid and offered him the one thing he's always wanted a dragon egg it's awful suspicious always say no but robert johnson was like i do want to know how to play the guitar and also this dark figure was like i can also make you a blues legend but you have to give me your soul so it was the, the satan You know, the devil. This figure was Satan. This figure was Satan. And Robert was like, okay, sure, let's do it. Because this is what's most important to me. I don't care about my soul. I just want to be a bomb-ass blues musician. And so Satan took the guitar from Robert and he tuned it. He played a few amazing songs and then he handed it back to Robert. So then Robert returns from the midnight rendezvous with the devil. And basically, like in an instant, he becomes insanely good at guitar. 
insanely good. This is a real person who is a music legend and there's so much information on him, so many witnesses, so many experts looking into this wow. guy. This isn't some like random guy that's like, oh, and then he mastered guitar. Like he, it was out of nowhere. He was an overnight sensation. And he wouldn't practice at all. So you said practice, practice, practice. But he never practiced. No one saw him practice. And he suddenly just knew songs. He would pick them up in an instant. If he felt like playing it, it would just pour out of him for the first time he ever tried. It was insane. And people were thinking that it was a miracle. But Robert was like, oh, no, it was the devil. What if Satan really just wants to be a guitarist and, like, he just knows that people won't accept him? So he he made a deal with a guy so that he can finally have his dream come true. I appreciate your your willingness and your eagerness to paint Satan as just this, like, damaged little boy who's just trying to live his life and was misnamed <laughs> as this evil creature. But, I mean, his friends screw him over and he's no longer the lord of hell he doesn't have the keys to the castle anymore and now he's just you know he's like that guy who sits alone at lunch oh my gosh everyone should sit with those people who sit alone at lunch that's sad that makes me hurt but that's what i mean he just seemed you know i have sympathy for satan okay well he's had however many centuries to (laughs) right his wrongs and he hasn't so i he and i are broken up all right we've never been actually (laughs) don't do that to zach i'm gonna (laughs) zach (laughs) so robert johnson becomes insanely good at guitar overnight and then he starts to travel around the country performing blues music and he would stay with friends who would stay with family and often many of his female suitors so he didn't i don't really know if he had a house like Hmm. a long-term location where he stayed because he had long-term relationships with many women across the country and other women he would just pick up for the night so that he would have a place to stay i guess and then also (laughs) in more rural areas he would ask ugly girls if he could stay with them and their families so that they would let him stay for a long period of time because they were ugly (laughs) what a jerk (laughs) he's so bad he's such a jerk oh he was really taking advantage of these people he also had at least eight different last names and used these different last names everywhere so he was basically eight different people and i'm like well why do you need to do that what do you have going on yeah what are you hiding especially if you're a well-known blues musician why do you have so many names i mean i understand if you want to have some privacy sometimes maybe you you like a lot of celebrities will fly under pseudonyms so that people aren't aware or they'll stay at hotels under different names what would your name be charlie that's cute i always wanted to name my daughter charlie if i have one I feel like that's the name these days. Like all of our friends are like, Charlie. It's my drunk alter ego. When I go out, I introduce myself as Charlie. Oh, mine's Veronica. She's much meaner than I am. (laughs) 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 Okay, so he had a bunch of names. But people who knew him well said that he was so nice. So it's kind of weird because this persona that you see or hear about when he was traveling around and doing blues is is pretty different than the person that people were really close to him said he Mm -hmm. was. He was super nice, very well-mannered, very quiet. They said he was pretty damn normal. But he also really enjoyed following his own path. So he would just go off and wander. He would just do his own thing. Was it him or was it Satan? I don't know. 
I don't know, man. But let's go back to his music. So he went from being unbearable to listen to, to being able to hear a song and then replicate it on the guitar. He had perfect pitch. Yeah, man, because Satan gave him the ability. He's not just going to give him half of the skills. He's going to give him all of them. Damn, Satan. Damn, Satan. You you bad boy. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do about it? (laughs) You took it to a whole new level. (laughs) (laughs) I was also winking. (laughs) Okay, well, Satan's doing something for Robert. Who knows where the line of their relationship ended. I don't. So it's just weird. And people like to point out that this was a shy guy who couldn't play guitar, who suddenly was able to schmooze his way into all these connections and friends and lovers across each city. Everyone fell in love with him. Everyone helped him out each time he returned to the city. He was almost like cult leader-ish. He was super personable and relatable. And it's weird, though, because everyone's like, oh, he's just this quiet, like, unreal guitarist. And yet somehow everyone feels this crazy connection to him and will, like, do anything for him. He was also, well, I mean, everyone's like, he was normal, but he was, some of his, some of his actions were a little bit unpredictable. Like, he would often play with other people on stage, and they would be doing super well. Money would be flowing onto the stage. They're like, this is great. More people would be showing up. And then he would just straight up walk away. Like, he would walk off the stage and leave everyone on stage playing, and they wouldn't see him for weeks or sometimes, like, eight months. He'd just (gasps) disappear. He'd leave. Where'd he go? Somewhere else. I don't know. I just imagine this is the image that came to my head that Satan like gets tired and he's like, it's like, you know, and Cinderella goes to the ball and it's like, you have to be home at midnight. And so he's like drags Robert's body back to the hotel, but then like leaves his body to go do his other business. And then Robert's just like sleeping in a bed for eight months, like Sleeping Beauty. It could be. This could be very conditional, you know, just because you make the deal with the devil doesn't mean that you're just free after that deal and that he just gets your soul. Yep, you're just a vessel for him to use. So Robert was an interesting character, Robert Johnson. And the rumors about the pact with the devil only made him more intriguing. And he even confirmed the rumors himself and somewhat openly talked about his deal with the devil. Hmm. He even sang about it. So there's a few of his songs. He released like 29 songs or something like that while he was alive. And a few of his songs reference the story of the pact with the devil. There's one called Crossroad Blues, another one called Crossroads. There's one called Me and the Devil Blues. And researchers and folklorists have wondered if he did have a deal with the devil or if perhaps it was a deal with Legba, who is an African trickster who's associated with Crossroads. And it's basically, I think Legba is like a, a voodoo figure. And he's often seen at like the crossroads and you have to, if you're trying to make an appeal to the spirit world, if you're trying to ask something of the spirit world, like to be a bomb guitar player and blues musician, it's Legba who decides whether or not you will be accepted if you get to earn this deal. Interesting. But others were like, no way. It was just the regular devil. So it also could have been... um because if you think of the seven princes of hell, it could have been, I mean, any number of them, but like Lucifer's 
the demon of pride mammon is greed i don't know it could have been been literally all of them all of them combined into one the seven sins baby it's tempting yeah i asked once i whoa never mind can't speak what i was gonna say i once asked a hinge date what his sins were (laughs) oh wait that's a good question well, he brought yeah he was talking about religion and i was like what are your sins <laughs> he took it really seriously Did he it respond? was like confession he he it, i was like pretend there's a little great and i'm behind it and he was like that's only catholicism and i was like oh i didn't know that because i've only been to a catholic church did you cleanse him of his sins or forgive um, him of all his sins there wasn't a second date so, <laughs> so no i'm not sure i should have asked what his sins were anyway that's amazing there's a bunch of imagery and references to the devil in robert johnson's songs there's the song called me and the devil blues where he literally sings about walking and conversing with the devil about his dark thoughts and certain things and whatever then again with blues music there are references to the devil just in general like across blues musicians but it's different because let's remember that Robert Johnson was like, yeah, I made a deal with the devil. That's how I got so damn good. Like, he said it. He wasn't just like, ooh, the rumor is like Illuminati, like all the celebrities today. He was sh- straight up like, yeah, man, it happened. He this confessed his sins. He confessed his sins. And he was never forgiven. Well, maybe perhaps he did something that didn't quite go over well with the devil. Or like we said, timeline who knows what the actual timelines are in terms of these deals with the devil, packs with the devil, mm-hmm. packs with demons. Because at age 27, Johnson, Robert Johnson, died of unknown causes. Well, that's so young. Right? There's a lot of mysterious deaths when it comes to celebrities and, like, huge musicians. So not to get into YouTube conspiracy theories, but I'll just leave it there. And you can get into it on your own you can get into it maybe if you're taking a public speaking class do a speech on that yeah or make a fake dating profile and see don't do that i've done that before what i did a public speaking speech about dating profiles and if they actually work and i did it on plenty of fish to see like how many creeps are out there and the amount of messages i got i didn't put my own picture but the amount of messages I got that were like super sexual and un, like, oh just, like, yeah, gross and bad, and this was honestly because I was worried about my mom online dating. I was trying to protect her, and I did the presentation to her as practice. <laughs> okay, so long as you didn't respond and like catfish no, no, anyone. No, no, no. Okay, good. Um, okay, so at twenty-seven, Johnson dies of unknown causes, and many people or many report that he began to feel ill and he began convulsing and died like a horrible death. And a lot of people were like, oh, well, he must have been poisoned by some jealous husband. And apparently he was given whiskey as a gift. And so they think the whiskey was poisoned. Mm. But he suffered for three days and then he died. And experts were like, okay, the poison that was used, Number one, you would be able to smell it. That alcohol would not be able to mask the smell of that poison, that particular poison that was, like, used then or whatever. Mm-hmm. And also, he would have died much quicker than three days. Three Yeah, that's a long time. Days. But also, three, when people get scratched. Three, mocking of the Trinity. Three, the Ugh. devil's symbol. 
three, 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 three. So perhaps good old Robert Johnson broke his deal with the devil and the devil was like, let me take your soul right now. Yeah. Or maybe he agreed to just be a famous guitarist and master blues player for nine years. And that's what he got. Yeah, I, I bet he didn't make that deal to only do it for a few years. I bet you he made the deal and didn't realize how short it was going to be. Right, because that's the thing. It's like you you yeah. don't – it's probably you're not even thinking about timeline. You're just like, yes, yes, like do it. It's like when you're asked, okay, you're given three wishes and then people like ask for like ridiculous things that just like go away super fast. My first wish would be I wish to have the power of a genie and be able to grant three wishes. But then so you then I, don't get to get your own wishes. You give people wishes. Who says? Who says? What if you appear to me as a genie and I say, I wish you can get your own wishes? Oh, there we go. Loopholes, baby. <laughs> get your own genie. Get your own genie.com. G-Y-O-G. Um, <laughs> just to finish it off, mm-hmm. the exact location of Robert Johnson's grave is unknown. Spooky. I wonder why. Well, there's a variety of reasons. Some people uh, believe it was because although he was like this super famous, awesome guitarist everywhere he went, I don't think he had a ton of money or. I mean, he also didn't have a home, so. Yeah, he was kind of, he lived this sort of like traveler nomadic life. And so right. they think he might have been buried like in a pauper's grave or amongst other poor people or just unmarked graves and so people don't know there's like rumors that he's over by like a some sort of like nut tree i forget what it's called (laughs) and then there's other rumors that he's over in some other cemetery and then there's other rumors that he's by another cemetery there's a bunch there's there's one cemetery where they're pretty sure he must be buried there so there's actually a sign that's like it's believed that Robert Johnson is buried in the cemetery. And then there's also at the crossroads where it's believed Robert Johnson made the pact with the devil. There's a sign that says, here marks the birth of blues music. Whoa. So Satan has a baby and it's blues music. Oh my gosh. Sabrina, that is like, you're basically writing blues lyrics right now. Oh my God. Should I become a blues musician? Satan has a baby and it's blues music. Satan had a baby, it was blues music. Okay, Frank Sinatra. Thank you. I didn't know it was Christmas time. I made a deal with Beelzebub. (laughs) All right, 31 times it was Ben said. Okay, that's good. You can't do two more, it's 33. I won't, I'm done. Okay, fine. Can I cleanse myself of all the things I've said? Sure. Would you like to confess your sins? Yes. Offline. But before that, you can cleanse your hair with Hair Story. Imagine a future when you can wash, condition, detangle, and repair your hair only using one product. Hair Story's new wash is an entirely new way to wash hair. It's not a shampoo or a conditioner, but a new category of product that both cleanses and moisturizes with a proprietary blend of essential oils and naturally derived saturated cleansers and no detergents or synthetic compounds. Most people don't realize that shampoo is often the root cause of 
all of your hair problems. It overcleans your hair, stripping away your body's protective natural barrier, and your body responds by overproducing oil to protect itself. So when you switch to Hair Story's new wash, you stop this vicious cycle, and your scalp calms down and your hair returns to its true nature. Tens of thousands of people have already quit shampoo, and there are over 5,000 reviews on Hair Story's website, and the reviews are searchable, so you can find reviews by people with hair like yours. The Hair Story website has a sophisticated product wizard to help you find the right version of new wash for you. It also has a styling wizard to determine which of Hair Story's styling products would work for you. So Sabrina and I, you and I, we tried the nine question quiz. So basically you can either choose from like three formulas, one of the three formulas, or you can take a nine question quiz to get the perfect pick for you. And we both got the new wash. The new wash was right for us. Yeah, and I love the combination of my two, and it smells so good. It almost like opens your sinuses as you're washing your hair. My hair has never been softer. For a limited time offer, get 10% off Hair Story's new wash by visiting hairstory.com forward slash T-G-O-G and using the promo code T-G-O-G. Again, for a limited time offer, get 10% off Hair Story's new wash by visiting hairstory.com forward slash T-G-O-G and using the promo code T-G-O-G. We have listener stories, as usual. Yes. And this is titled, Messed with a Ouija Board, Ended Up in a Psychiatric Hospital. Big hello from Norway. I wanted to share with you all my absolute scariest experience that I have ever had. Ever. Five years ago, when I was 24 years old, I made a homemade Ouija board and had the bright idea of trying to mess with Zozo. So, I turned off the lights, lit a few candles, and began. I went straight to asking... Zozo, are you here? Nothing happened. I repeatedly asked if he would show himself. Nothing happened. Getting kind of annoyed, I started provoking him, saying stuff like, I dare you to try and do something, you little piece of bleep. You're weak, fake, and ridiculous. And to my surprise, nothing happened. Yet. I muttered a few words to myself and left without saying goodbye. Not smart. The next day, I was invited to a party at my cousin's house, and we drank and had a good time. I eventually went out to the porch for a smoke when all of a sudden I became a passenger in my own body. I started screaming in pure rage, throwing garden furniture all over the place. Another cousin of mine came out and asked what the fuck was going on, and later he told me that all he saw in me was complete black eyes and a demonic darkness on me. Oh my god! After gosh. that, he doesn't remember anything because I had knocked him out cold while sporting an evil smile. But that's not all. My other cousin came out and asked the same thing. I was back in my body again, desperately hugging him around his body, begging him to help me, and the next second, trying to crush him to death while laughing hysterically. This went back and forth many times. He started crying and asking me to stop. What are you doing, John? I had answered, why are you calling me John? John isn't here. Still laughing. Then he said, who are you? I answered, Zozo, Zozo, Zozo. I ran off into the woods and ended up at a house with a swing set. I remember thinking... Oh my god, no! This is the worst to imagine and picture. He says, I remember thinking that I was supposed to hang myself on the swing set. I was almost driven to suicide without being suicidal. Next thing I remember is waking up in a psychiatric hospital. While I was there, I would have nightmares where I would walk around the hall smiling to people I met, only to kill them by stabbing them with a sword when they had passed me. Oh. Five years have passed and I'm doing good now, but I can still feel evil in me every now and then. I've actually spoken to a medium and she told me that I do have something that's following me. She said that whatever it was, it wasn't a positive entity and also it wasn't a negative entity, which really puzzles me. I don't know what it could be, 
Does that mean maybe it is a demon? Because sometimes it's like they're zero year or they're they have right. no age. They're like nothing. They're neither female nor male. It's right. just a lack of any descriptive being. Yeah. He says, I want to give you permission to use my story on the podcast if you want. Fingers crossed. But also because I really <laughs> want people to know what can happen if you totally disregard the rules and disrespect the Ouija board. It's not a toy at all. It can be used for good intentions, but also yeah. also extremely evil and dark things can happen in a second. Oh, ain't that the truth? He said, after I woke up in the psych ward, I had no clue where I was or why. The doctors wanted to send me home after three days, even though I was showing symptoms they couldn't place in specific diagnosis. I did not get sent home. I stayed there for two months straight and four months on and off. I'm getting goosebumps while writing this, and here is why. The doctors wanted me to start writing a diary for them to read at the end of the week. So Friday came, and I gave them a diary for them to read, and all I had written was satanic verses, poems that mocked God, my birth date, and the day of my death written on a tombstone I had drawn. There were also pages with one single word written several times. Zozo. Oh. I vividly remember a strong feeling of belonging in hell, not as a tormented soul, but as a demonic being. This sounds crazy, but I'm not making it up. Do not disrespect the Ouija board. This is five years ago, and I still feel the aftermath in a form of violent thoughts about other people sometimes. This Stay reminds safe. me almost of Harry Potter when uh, Voldemort like attaches a piece of him to... The Horcruxes. Yeah. Yeah. He says... Oh, by the way, I'm a 270-pound guy, former powerlifter, and sport a full-on Viking beard, and I fangirl every time you drop a new episode. Oh, my gosh. Wait, that's also so cool. <laughs> but also horrifying. What's horrifying? Oh. I was saying it's so cool that he was a former powerlifter and that he has a full-on Viking beard. Right. But his story is terrifying. And I oh, yeah. But his I was like, are you saying that he his past like his what he does is terrifying? No. But imagine seeing someone. I mean, this is like a scary case. And I'm glad that he was able to go to a psychiatric facility where he was able to get some help, even if it it does defy our understanding. Yeah. Of the mind. I think like could you imagine seeing a friend, someone you love, his cousin saw his co- – he attacked his cousin. I know. That's so scary to – It's so it's scary. Like, but at the same time, I'm glad that he was with his cousin because right. it would be – I can't even imagine what would happen to him if he weren't with someone who knew him and knew that this wasn't right, right. for him. You know, if he was just out on the street and strangers were there, they could be like, oh, he's just, you know. Right. He, and he had suicidal thoughts when he ran to that swing set and I'm sure his cousins and family ran after him. And yeah, he blacked out. That's not out, where I thought it was going. I thought he was just going to like creepily swing and it's it was so much oh, worse. That's like the movie version of this. Right. Ugh, it's oh, so, so horrible. And I mean, if you guys didn't have fear of playing with a Ouija board before, please, this is a real story from one of our listeners. Yeah, this should be warning if you can't do it correctly or yeah, just just don't just don't unless you have a real reason that you really need to and And you you have can do it safely good intentions yes with good intentions don't taunt zozo definitely (sighs) don't do that so scary (laughs) wow okay it's always you know like i the listener stories are my favorite part of, of the podcast because it's just so interesting to hear all the variations and the similarities between people's stories and I love every single type yeah. of listener story, but there's just something about the ones that involve like demonic possession that is just so 
much more nightmare inducing. Maybe they're drawing us to those emails for a reason, Karina. No, Sabrina. <sighs> okay. That was creepy. Also, hold up. Did you see that Tesla did another launch? Or, sorry, <laughs> SpaceX did another launch? Yeah. But I thought it was so funny that so many people were freaking out saying, alien abduction. I know. Like, like, the what's happening? And I'm like, did you not remember this happening like nine months ago? <laughs> but also, I understand that. But I feel like if you did a quick Google search, you'd be like, oh, SpaceX is launching. And also, the same exact thing happened less than a year ago where they did the last launch and everyone was like the world is ending and it's like it was such a big story that i would have thought people would remember i missed both of them i was inside during both of them and then so like i went to go see a movie and i came out and everyone's like did you see this and i was like damn it i wish i saw it which movie did you see uh i saw so many movies i saw a beautiful boy Ugh, everyone go see it it is just beautiful and it's a story that needs to be told today and we need to talk more about addiction and mental illness and all of the stuff and then i also saw a star is born which oh my god again let's just talk about these things please i'm going to go see a star is born not yeah, sure when both, but i'm going they're both amazing movies i was i highly recommend both of them okay thank you for the wonderful pause on our terrifying stories yeah yeah, yeah. But now we're back to it. Okay. Hi, Sabrina, Corinne, and Leah. I used to work at a mental hospital that is haunted, and nothing too major happened there. The majority of my weird experiences there were with patients themselves, but several times I saw patient charts fly off of the shelves when there was no one even near them, usually while I was by myself at the nurse's station doing my charting. I'm not talking like they slipped out of the slot. They legit flew off like somebody picked them up and threw them. There was also a sink in one of the break rooms that would just turn on by itself. So needless to say, no one ever wanted to take their breaks in there. On the other hand, it could have been set up by management to get more work out of us by making (laughs) us too scared to take breaks. Brilliant. Evil. The The building has been around since, I believe, the 60s or 70s, and it has been used as different facilities such as a nursing home and a rehabilitation center throughout the years, but the majority of the time it has been used as a psychiatric facility. There were no suicides while I worked there, as we were very stringent and careful about safety, but I heard about many that had occurred in the past from some of the veteran nurses who had been there for a long time, so not surprisingly, it does seem a little haunted. The scariest thing that happened while I was there is what I believed to be an actual possession. Usually I write that stuff off as mental illness or even the side effects of psychiatric medication, but this guy I'm convinced was the real deal. I can't go into too much detail because of HIPAA laws, but the gist of why he came to us was because he had attacked a pastor at his church and he tried to kill him. Oh my gosh. While he was with us, he acted strangely which, of course, pretty much all psych patients do, but would constantly recite Bible verses and say things like he was a devil, etc., which, once again, isn't out of the normal, but his pupils would dilate so huge when he would say these things that even his eyes almost looked completely black, which, to this day, I will never forget because it was completely terrifying. That's creepy. And one day he got really weird and was sort of contorting in the hallway and the staff was standing around him because 
we thought he was about to get violent. And when patients get violent, we have to put them into restraints to protect themselves and to protect others. And he wasn't really attacking anybody, though, just contorting and backbending, which can actually be a side effect of some psych meds. Interesting. Called tardive dyskinesia. I'm sure I said that wrong. He was doing this and still saying his creepy devil shit. And then he snapped his head around and looked at my coworker and told her, you really need to stop doing that. (gasps) Oh, my God. I have chills. The color drained from her face, and she looked like she was going to cry. Later on, after the situation was handled, I I asked her what he was talking about when he said that, and she told me that she had been silently praying in her head for this guy, and then he turned around and said that to her. Creepy as fuck. Oh, (gasps) my gosh. That's terrifying. So terrifying. He would come back every so often. We all dreaded having him as a patient because of the creepy shit he would say and the way his pupils would dilate like that. And I hadn't seen him in years since I quit that job. But a few months ago when I was pregnant, I was at Starbucks with my mom and he showed up. I got nervous and uncomfortable and I wanted to leave right away. But of course, I couldn't tell her why. And so I just made up an excuse so we could get the hell out of there stat. Later on that night, I went into labor and delivered my baby five weeks early. Could just be a coincidence. But either way, he scares the shit out of me, and I hope I never run into him. Oh. Now I'm an OB nurse, and surprisingly, I've had some creepy experiences at this job as well. There is a certain room that seems to have bad energy. One time a little over a year ago, my coworker and I were sitting at the nurse's desk, and we heard noises coming from inside that room that sounded like things being slammed and banging around. That whole side of the unit was empty as it was a pretty slow day, but our change nurse has OCD and does weird shit like rearranging the room. (laughs) So we just assumed it was her and went about our business. (laughs) As someone who has OCD and had to go to therapy, I feel this nurse. (laughs) However, a minute or two later, the change nurse came walking in from the other side of the unit and we asked her how she got there so fast since she'd just come from the room on the other side and she she told us that she hadn't been in there all day since there were no patients on that side of the unit so we ran into the room and we opened the door and it was empty and everything was perfectly in its place and there was no one even on that side of the unit and we were super creeped out and shut the door and tried to ignore it our building at the same time was brand new maybe six months old and being the ob unit we don't have many deaths so it didn't make sense that 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 it would be haunted, which creeped us out even more. Ever since then, every time I have a patient in that room, something ends up going wrong with the baby. And oftentimes they end up in the NICU. It's gotten to the point where I started requesting that I not be assigned to that room. And at first, the change nurse thought I was nuts, but then she started noticing the pattern too. And now she avoids assigning me patients in that room as much as possible. Anywho, sorry for the super long email, but being a nurse, I've had I've seen a lot of crazy shit dealing with birth, death, and everything in between. I really enjoy your podcast, and I think you girls are awesome. I come from a really small town with a lot of small-minded people, and I don't really get to talk about this stuff very often, so it's nice to know there are others out there like me. Luckily for me, my husband was stationed aboard a haunted Navy ship, so he has his own crazy stories and doesn't think I'm a lunatic. Keep up the good work. And can't wait to see what you girls cover next. Sincerely, Miranda. Wow. And her baby's fine. I asked okay. how how he was doing. I mean, medical professionals, I 
first of all, mad respect. Second of all, the amount of hauntings I am sure take place in those places of work are countless. Countless. I mean, just from her own experience, there's it feels like every place she's gone, there's been something. Right. Whether it's file papers or something happening to a certain patient or noises that shouldn't be there, you know, there's going to be something. Right. And it's so crazy. I mean, working at a mental facility, I wonder what the protocols are because, I mean, similar to John's story, the story I read before, like I wonder at what point do you look at a mental illness and say this is beyond a mental illness? How do we find how like it's so hard to quantify and diagnose diagnose as a possession it's hard enough to diagnose mental illness as it is so to make that distinction and differentiate between what can be classified as mental illness maybe some things haven't even been discovered yet that could be considered mental illnesses and it's it's yeah it's one of those sticky situations but the fact that he knew that that one particular nurse out of the group of entire people that were standing around him trying to control him was the one praying oh, and turned know. and said that, like, you better stop doing that. That makes me think that there was something more. I know. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. Um, someone posted on our Facebook group. Uh, there was security footage of the, like, front desk security guy working at, like, a hospital or a facility or something. And he's sitting there and you can see like kind of like a mist walk by and you see him see it and react. He just like gets really quiet and then he backs away and then he stands up and he's just like, oh, my God. And he just stands there for like a minute and then he like quietly sits back down at his desk. (laughs) Is this the one that's like on Twitter, too? And like it's him rewatching the security footage and he's like, see, see, you see it. Oh, I didn't watch it with sound. I didn't know there was sound. Yeah, so he rewatches it. Oh, I have to rewatch it now. Because then he also, like, points at the camera, and he's like, everyone see that? Like, he was, like, trying to, like, make note of the fact that he had seen it in that moment so that he can go back and rewatch it and prove to people that he saw it in the moment. With all this context now, I really need to watch it because I just watched it silently on my phone yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. The internet is a beautiful place. It is. So um, we have social media you can join our Facebook group, which is a private group. You can like our Facebook page, which is a business page. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. All the things. And then email us your ghost stories. As we said in the beginning of this episode, we are going to respond to every email that comes in by October 14th. But we are going to, after that, moving forward, only respond when we have time because we just want to get more content out, which is why in January of 2019, we are going to start doing Encounters episodes every week and read more stories. And so please send them to us at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. We also have a live show that's coming up. It's January 13th. Woo. Sunday, January 13th. We'll be in Los Angeles again. Um, and once we get the ticket info and everything, we will pass it along to you guys. And we have Patreon. And again, as a reminder, this month of October, in addition to your bonuses that you get, we are also going to donate on behalf of our fandom community to two nonprofits, the Old Dog Haven and Black Cat Rescue. We're going to do 26% total, so 13% to each one. Uh, If you want to support our podcast, you can donate on Patreon. You can also write us a review 
or rate us on iTunes. Um, and we also have merchandise. So you can shop us on Big Cartel and represent. And represent. if you wear any of our <laughs> merchandise, uh, you can send us a picture of you wearing your gear or with your pets wearing the gear or whatever. And we will post it on our Two Girls, One Ghost website under the gallery. And remember, the most important message of this week's episode is don't make a deal with any demon ever. Stay safe. And if you do feel like a demon is possessing you or a loved one, please call professional help. And then also talk about mental health, please. Yes, that's very important. And then go to tomboyx.com slash TGOG to get an extra 15% off with code TGOG. And to get 20% off of Pretty Litter, go to prettylitter.com and use the promo code TGOG. And for 25% off your first order of RX Bar, visit rxbar.com forward slash TGOG and enter promo code TGOG at checkout. And for a limited time offer, get 10% off Hair Story's new wash by visiting hairstory.com forward slash TGOG. And use promo code TGOG. <laughs> and we will see you. On the other side. Lights off. Flashlight on. Then it's time for the Creepover, the weekly creepy slumber party podcast you never knew you needed. Growing up, were you the Wednesday Adams of your friend group? The girl in the corner who wanted to talk serial killers? Were your favorite activities tempting the fates with a Ouija board and playing Bloody Mary in the bathroom mirror? Then this is the sleepover for you. Join us, ghouls, as we investigate new creepy themes every week through segments like Stranger Than Fiction, where we research true life stories and phenomena, asking questions like, is deja vu evidence for a parallel universe theory? And which please? Where we investigate the real world through such ventures as visiting haunted houses, consulting ghosts, and learning the art of palmistry. Or Bump in the Night, weekly bedtime stories of mayhem and the macabre. Those scary stories to tell in the dark that kept you up all week at summer camp. Consider us your BFF Scully and Mulder, as I, Allie, give a believer's perspective. And I, Catherine, come at things from a more skeptical viewpoint. It's The Creepover, available on iTunes and Stitcher, with new episodes every Friday. And remember... Don't be afraid to scream like a girl.